0: Hey, good morning everyone. Welcome back to the Coffee People podcast presented by Roast West Coast. I'm Ryan Wolt and this is the show where we wander through the oft-inspiring, oft-enlightening stories of coffee people. Today I'm chatting with Carolyn Menintim, the founder of Cozy Canine Coffee in San Diego, California. Our chat was uplifting and even a bit emotional. I do have one pre-show correction to make. In a little bit I'm going to reference my wife and I's since passed Boston Terrier Dilla Mac Diesel Woltankus the as a he but Dilla was in fact a girl dog. It always drove my wife crazy that I would make that mistake. My apologies to Dilla Mac and to my wife. As for you out there in the world, you and I both know that at some point while you're listening today, you'll be scrolling on your phone. And while you're there, I hope you hop on the old Instagram and follow at Cozy Canine Coffee, and then head to CozyCanineCoffee.com to see all of the animal rescues they've partnered with. Right now, in this moment though, I hope you have a delightful cup of coffee to enjoy while you listen to this coffee people conversation with Carolyn Menimtum, lover of alliteration and founder of Cozy Canine Coffee. Any questions before we get going? Mm,
1: No, I mean, I'm a little nervous because I haven't done this before.
0: (laughs) You're going to be fine. I've
1: been on a podcast before.
0: (laughs) But you've had a conversation before and you've talked, you told people about about your company before, so you'll be just fine.
1: That's true.
0: Okay. (laughs) Why don't we start with, if you could, just say your name for everyone. And what was your favorite television show as a kid?
1: Yeah. um, Hi, uh, my name is Caroline Manimtim, and my favorite television show as a kid was Pokemon.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) you're on the show today because you have Cozy Canine Coffee in San Diego.
1: Correct. Yes. I have Cozy Canine Coffee in San Diego.
0: I'm excited about it. Sorry to uh, interrupt you there. What I want to get started with, though, today is just a little bit of your backstory did you remember having a first experience with coffee that made you go, "Oh, this is kind of interesting. I'm I'm excited about this."
1: Yeah, uh, I think I started drinking coffee. Kind of, I feel like if this is a really similar experience for like being around your grandparents or your parents as they're getting ready for the day. Uh, my grandpa used to sneak me some decaf if I was <laughs> able to get up early enough and got ready for school, and if I was ready on time or early. He'd give me a little bit of his decaf coffee while he would drink his cup. So I was like the first taste.
0: Oh, that's fun. Like a little reward.
1: Yeah, totally. So I was like, okay, if I get ready, positive reinforcement (laughs) has (laughs) definitely been how I work.
0: Do you remember that being a good taste that you enjoyed? Because as a kid, I did not enjoy the taste of any sort of coffee.
1: He used to put a lot of sugar and creamer in it, so it it tasted uh, really sweet to me. It tasted like a a treat. It's funny, my grandma actually still uses that same coffee maker, that same Mr. Coffee. (laughs) It's lasted like through the 90s, from the 90s all the way until now. She still makes coffee out of that thing, um, which is amazing.
0: There's something to be said for routine so that's mm-hmm. that's way back at the beginning. A little mm-hmm. bit later in your life as an adult, you're obviously involved in coffee now. Mm-hmm. What started you down this path where you started thinking about being in the industry as a job?
1: Yeah. Well, I it might sound weird, but I got into it through beer. My husband and I, we like to say that we're We can't be casual fans of anything. So if we're interested in something, we have to know all the things. We want to go try different types of it. And this applies from beer. I don't know if you can see behind me, board games, um, (laughs) coffee. So all of those different things, kind of whenever we're into something, we want to dive all the way in. So we went to Portland for a beer trip. Uh, when we were first getting into beer because there were so many breweries that we really wanted to check out and when we were there there were coffee shops everywhere and it felt like every time we would go to a brewery afterwards there we'd be like oh maybe we should get a cup of coffee or we should check out this and we were not coffee drinkers at the time and for me the memorable drink that I had on that trip it was similar to my experience with beer um so for beer when I got into it it was because I had a beer I had an an IPA and I didn't like it but it made me think oh I would never think that this is a beer uh it has so many different flavors in it and I had no idea that beer could taste like this and so I had a similar experience with coffee where we went to heart and I got it's funny thinking back on it, I had I got Kenya on drip and I was so shocked by it. <laughs> it was like, whoa, this coffee tastes wild. And I wasn't initially a fan, but it did make me think, this is this is really different. I had no idea coffee could taste like this. Why does it taste like this? And then of course we fell down the rabbit hole of like, how come this coffee can taste this way? I've never tasted anything like it. And then finding things that we liked to taste in coffee—that's
0: very cool. I also got uh, my start in beer, and the idea that there was a beer for everyone was something mm-hmm. I used to sell as part of my job as a a restaurant manager. You know, you maybe you say you don't like beer, but there's probably a beer you haven't tried yet that will have a flavor you like. Right, and it was I took exactly. pride in finding that and coffee was similar where I didn't know anything about it. The first time somebody showed me that coffee could have different flavors and like walked me through it, I still couldn't taste them. But all of a sudden I right. saw other people around me going, oh, this tastes like fruity and blueberry. And I was like, oh, I want that. How do I get that?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> what were yes. you doing at the time for a living? Because you probably weren't working in coffee if you weren't actively uh, no, going out and drinking. I wasn't.
1: it. was at the time, I was actually working at Barnes & Noble, and so I was another just over-encompassing. I just feel I am a very nerdy person, <laughs> and so I just like to – like I said, anytime we find something that we're interested in, we like delve all the way in. So at the time, I was working at Barnes & Noble, and there was one of those Starbucks that are in – like uh, the Barnes & Noble cafes that serve Starbucks – and so when I started getting into coffee, I was like, "Well, maybe it would be cool if I got some experience in the coffee world by getting into just getting into the bar, uh, behind the bar." So that was kind of my segue into coffee. I had no idea that it was gonna take me all the way here. And there was some things in between, like other side hobbies, where I was like, "Oh, maybe this would be what I want to do." Uh, I did calligraphy for a little bit and some some beginning uh, graphic design. So doing that and all of that all together kind of eventually led to here because now I'm still doing, you know, barista for myself <laughs> for doing pop-up events, making my own labels and graphic design for that. So all those things kind of come into play eventually. It's just kind of it's at the time you don't realize that. <laughs>
0: A lot of entrepreneurs find that they're people who grasp onto skills or different interests over the course of their life. And then all of a sudden, they're in a position where they can actually use them all and <laughs> and maybe need even more skills. Or I was yeah. in design and in restaurants and all these other things. And you start learning like, oh, well, I can make my own menus or I can make my own website or I can, you know, all these skills that can help you get started.
1: Right.
0: Your cafe cozy or your your coffee roaster brand, Cozy Canine Coffee, mm-hmm. kind of got its start because of an actual dog. Uh I hope I pronounced yes. this right, named Reese. I was reading Reece. about your story and how you adopted Reese and how that inspired mm-hmm. you. I'm wondering what type of uh pup are they and how did adopting a dog turn into I wanna go into business?
1: <laughs> yeah. So we adopted Reese in March of 2021 and he is a German shepherd Australian cattle dog mix with a bunch of other stuff thrown in there and when we first got him he's actually my first like the the dog that is mine as an adult where I am responsible for him and He's just, I feel like he turned our world upside down in the best way possible. I feel like he just made our family complete. And because of him, we started doing all of these events in San Diego. Uh, San Diego's a really dog friendly city. So especially after the pandemic where a lot of restaurants have patios and cafes have outdoor seating and all of that. And in general, there's a lot of dog meetups and dog businesses going on. And so we were really getting ourselves into the community that way and getting to know other people who also love dogs and then getting involved with different rescues and doing events like uh, the San Diego Walk Walk for Animals. And it was one of those situations where it didn't really occur to me how much he, as Reese, was really making our lives so much better. And it dawned on me like, wow, these really, you know, made our lives feel complete. It's hard to be, um, even if you start feeling those emotions of being unmotivated or you're going through something hard in life, having a dog there is really special because they will keep you going. You still have to take the dog out. You still have to go outside and go for walks and get vitamin D and fresh air um, and I think that's really important and it because we were starting to get really involved in the dog community it was keeping us connected to people that way as well so I think it was it was really special um, bringing reason to our our little family
0: so that <laughs> that is a a great thing about dogs I'm a dog person
1: you, I was just gonna ask as, yeah. as well.
0: I'm very much a dog person. People don't uh, know this. I don't think I've ever said this on the show, which is saying something because I've talked about a lot of things. Uh, But my first job when I moved to San Diego was a a little bit of a side gig where I would Mm -hmm. go to uh, the the dog park and hand out dog food treats for free. company hired me to go and I had a bicycle that had a a big basket on it and I would fill it with Mm -hmm. dog dog treats um, and dog food. And I would ride the beaches and find a dog park or a place where dogs were, you know, a lot of people with dogs were. And I would just hand out yeah. free dog food. And it was the best job oh I've ever gosh. had. All I did was ride around all day <laughs> on my bike and, like, be outside and, like, play with other people's dogs. And it was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I, love
0: that. <laughs> I, I I tried to get them to make it a full. It was a short-term thing. I tried. I was like, you know, I could do this, like, forever. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. uh, but they weren't they weren't having it. oh
1: do you have a dog yourself?
0: I don't have a dog myself now. um we are mm-hmm. our, our dog, Dilla Mac diesel wooltanus the third passed a couple years ago, oh, and I'm then so we sorry. were more recently oh that's okay. um uh, he was a great dog, a uh, little Boston, and mm-hmm. um then we mm-hmm. were fostering for a military program uh, where we foster dogs uh, for people who are on deployment. Oh. And oh, so that's they're awesome. yeah, it's a cool cool concept uh, because you know these aren't dog you know the dog's future, you know in theory yes. the the owners are coming back from deployment. they want their dog, they just are off serving, and so they need right. someone to take care of it while they're gone. Uh, oh, so we've been amazing. doing that until we're ready to have our own dog again. but
1: yes, oh, that's a wonderful way to still be part of the community.
0: There's, there's a lot of emotion in it. And so like, I'm getting emotional. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about it. Yeah, Between uh, adopting Reese and getting that first kind of coffee experience and thinking I should work a little bit behind the bar at Starbucks, you obviously learned more about coffee. You know, what was mm-hmm. that path from drinking that first coffee up in Portland that made you think like, this is really interesting. Starting to work at that Barnes and Noble Starbucks to I'm opening my own coffee business, uh, where I roast coffee and, right. and sell it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a big missing chunk there. Um,
0: <laughs> so
1: <laughs> after getting into coffee and working at Barnes and Noble, getting into the cafe and, and learning baristaing there, I still wanted to learn more. I still want to learn more. <laughs> it's kind of a constant thing. Um, where i I just wanted to get into the into the San Diego coffee community and learn what I could. Um, I had a great opportunity. I applied for a position at Modern Times, uh, which is a brewery and a roastery here in San Diego, and I worked as a barista there. Um, and really, it was just the best opportunity. Everyone who was on that coffee team gave me those opportunities to ask questions and would listen and really, instead of gatekeeping information and being like, "Mm, you're just a barista, or I don't think you're ready, you haven't been in the coffee industry for X amount of years, really took me under their wing and let me ask questions and it was really as simple as starting out with oh what are you bagging how are you bagging and kind of going through asking questions on just the different different roles that are in a roastery and eventually being able to work with them in the production space uh, just it just was continuous room for growth there and I am really really grateful for the team at modern times I had a wonderful mentor named Bartleby who had passed away um, in 2021 and he was just an incredible incredible influence on me as a person as a even as an employee and then definitely my journey as a coffee professional he really showed me so he and in tandem I have another coffee mentor and her name is Tessie and she and Bartleby both were are amazing influences on my coffee journey just being able to have a perspective of of your role as a roaster in terms of your green coffee buying and how you can affect the supply chain that way. Something that Bartleby was really passionate about was also how you can affect the community afterwards. And so it doesn't stop once you get the green coffee. Um, You really do. You're still in the middle of, of all of it. And so you really have a way to influence. And even though you might just be one person in the chain, and then in that chain of So many coffee shops and so many uh, coffee companies, there is still a way for you to to have an impact. That was really important to me um, to learn from them, both of them.
0: Coffee is unique in that it's one of the few products that is consumed in almost every corner of the world. There are a few non-coffee drinking places, but certainly a majority of the world has some connection to coffee. Or the tea right. experience, which is similar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You you had that great experience uh, and great mentors at modern times, which I think is so important to have people that can guide you. I have my own personal coffee sensei, Chris O'Brien, who I you know talked to on the show a lot. Yeah, and without him, I would still be just you know, not, I would have no idea uh, what I was doing. Right. They kind of got you to a point where you obviously have felt comfortable with what your skill set is, and you decided mm-hmm. to do cozy canine. What was mm-hmm. the tipping point that made you decide, I want to do this under my own umbrella?
1: Yeah, it kind of was one of those situations where a bunch of things just started lining up. I used to think that I would own a coffee shop as my retirement job, as <laughs> idealistic as that sounds. <laughs> um, I had just always imagined myself as being like this little lady with a coffee cart pushing around San Diego <laughs> selling coffee. Although it's funny because clearly I had this idea before I started roasting and and really got into how physical the job can be because there's no way, <laughs> but um,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> as especially because I'm picturing it as I'm like 70 years old, and you know it really in the last couple of years, the sense of it's never too early to start something that you're really wanting to do. Life is short. And you you don't have the guarantee. And so as very opposite of that idealistic idea of being a little old lady pushing a coffee cart, kind of had the realism dawn on me that, you know, there's nothing really stopping me from trying it now. And if it doesn't work out, maybe I still can be the little old lady doing that down, <laughs> down the, in the future. But there's not, there's really no reason for me not to give it a shot um, while I, I still can. And my husband, and it's he'll say this, you know, when we were still dating. His thing is, what's the worst that can happen? Um, you'll be in the same spot that you were if you don't try, and he often uses that to get me to do something that I'm terrified of doing. For example, interviewing at Modern Times. Uh, Any interview that I've done, I'm like, oh, but I'm a big fan of their coffee. You know, we bought all of our holiday gifts from them. Like, I'm a big fan of them. There's no way they would want this barista from Starbucks, from a Starbucks in in a Barnes & Noble to be part of their team. Um, and he's like, well, if you don't interview, you'll still be a barista that is, you know, you'll still be in the same spot you are. So why not try? And he, you know, he actually, even when you contacted me to do this, I was like, oh, I'm terrified. I love podcasts, but I've never been on a podcast. I haven't (laughs) recorded before. And he's like, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You just didn't do a podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. I, I think the the podcast is interesting because I'm always confronted with the sound of my own voice and I had to kind oh, of get over yeah. that. I think a lot of people, that was like my big thing was like, I don't want to hear myself right. uh, talk. Yes. Uh, you mentioned your grandfather earlier and I have been told that I sound a lot like my grandfather. I have my grandfather's <gasps> singing voice. And as a oh child, I thought that was a really nice thing that people were saying. And then I went to church with my grandfather once, and by the end of a service, like, there was nobody sitting in any of the pews around us. And I thought, oh, that's not very nice what they're saying to me. (laughs) You obviously love dogs, um, and and Reese has been a big motivator in your life. What made you decide on Cozy Canine as the brand name for your coffee?
1: Yeah, well, one, I love alliteration. (laughs) I love a good alliteration but um once i got the idea of you know maybe we should just give it a shot and we should just try this the thing that made me stop was well there are wonderful coffee roasters all over san diego and coffee companies that i love that i'm big fans of also what would so what would make me any different if i just started something and and how could that what what would make someone want to follow my coffee shop and and buy coffee from me if if i'm already huge fans of so many coffee roasters in San Diego one of the th- things that i realize is the industry no matter what industry you're in actually you have something special you're the individual and and you can bring something different because you are just a different person from anyone else who's starting a company you bring your own background your own history how you grew up the different jobs you've had all of that comes into play um the things that make you excited and interested in life you know and though i was thinking about all of this and Realized, oh, it just clicked that I was looking at Reese. I was like, oh my gosh, it's you. (laughs) It's you. (laughs) And and I realized, like, uh, the past year, it had been a really hard year after going through so much. And we really had relied. um, Sorry, I'm like looking at Reese. I'm like, no pressure, Reese. But (laughs) we relied a lot on, on, You know our relationship with our dog and and him, as I mentioned earlier, getting out of the house and and all of that, and just the joy that dogs can bring to your life. And so we, I realized like that was one way that we could give back is working with different animal rescues. It clicked like that's it. That's that is going to be how we're going to be different and how we can make an impact in our own way. Once that clicked. I realized everything else just started to fall into place. Um, I started reaching out to different animal rescues to see if they would be a a partner with us because I wanted it to be a situation where they knew that like where we could work together. And so we'll work with different animal rescues to promote like their different events or raise specifically for them or do uh, crafts where We'll do like blankets and toys, crafts uh, and donate those together. Um, but it really just started to fall into place. And for Cozy Canine, just coming up with the the name, Cozy is just how I, I feel when I'm drinking a good cup of coffee. That's just the most comforting comforting feeling of drinking a warm cup of coffee in the morning. And so that just kind of clicked wrote down a couple other ideas, but that one immediately after wrote it down, I was like, oh, oh, that's it. (laughs) That's the one.
0: It's a lovely sentiment that you have this thing you're passionate about that can also bring it. it Also, coffee is great because it it creates connection and you've taken it a step further where it's also supporting something you're passionate about. Now that you have, you've started the business, obviously you have your website, cozycaninecoffee.com uh, where mm-hmm. people can go to find you know, more about you and, and buy coffee. But how did you get started selling coffee? And how did you start getting it out in the world where people knew that, oh, this is a thing and maybe if I like coffee and I like dogs, I can support it. Or, you know, yeah. I just like the coffee because it tastes good. How did you go about mm-hmm. getting that going? And where can people find it now?
1: Yeah, so we have, we started and we're still an e-commerce based a coffee company, um, and the reason why we started that way first, as opposed to getting a brick and mortar, um, aside from you know the media overhead, is we saw in 2020 how important it was to have a strong e-commerce side to your business, and so we really wanted to start off with that, make sure that that was strong, and immediately when we Got into this, wanted to start the business. We reached out to a couple of our friends who have different, we have a friend who has her own dog boutique in Encinitas. And we had been going there since Reese was a small puppy and saw, she's seen him grow from maybe like 20 pounds all the way to the 75 pounds that he is now. And so reaching out to her and asking, hey, like we're going to start this coffee shop, giving her the whole rundown, seeing if she would want to uh, share about it, maybe even have some in her store, and really just starting those conversations with people, which is kind of terrifying because when you're a roaster, you you get to focus on your coffee. And you don't have to talk to people really, because you're you're really focused on what you're doing and you're bagging, and it's really it's really a fun process. Um, but it does you're not really going out there and trying to get your coffee out there. I've been really fortunate that we started in August um, of last year, so 2022, and I've been really fortunate that we had. Two shops that would that wanted to carry our coffee right off the bat. Starting there and really getting the word out there that way has been really fun. Also, my dog has an Instagram, <laughs> has way more <laughs> followers than me. <laughs> and so that was just an immediate, easy way to share with people that we were doing this project. All of those people are people that we've met. Here in San Diego, some are are not, but the dog community on Instagram, I know that social media can be difficult, um, depending on where you are, <laughs> but the dog corner of, Inst- of the internet is really kind and supportive. Um, and so we found that definitely helped uh, that we could share that on Reese's Instagram, but Right now, we are selling our coffee at a couple different shops, so definitely you can get it online at uh, cozykininecoffee.com. We have Garden Coffee in Old Town. They serve our coffee on bar. They also sell some bags. And then we have Puppy Picnic Co. in Encinitas, which is just the cutest dog boutique if you want to get dog treats they even have dog wine and they also have human treats too. So we're, we're in the human <laughs> section. Um, I do get asked a lot of Cozy Canine Coffee is for dogs or for humans. So <laughs> it's for humans.
0: <laughs> uh, for humans so they can manage their dogs. Yes. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're also up in Ramona. So Rise and Shine Cafe and then Cattle Dog, coffee, uh,
0: Cattle dog Cafe. Yes, because they've just they been doing some expanding our, up our there. Bags. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. You've obviously gone through a process to get to where you are now um, of growth, both in your own learning and skills learning and coffee learning and expanding. You mentioned it can be scary to talk to people. There's yeah. there's definitely that part <laughs> of it. You know, like I like doing this chat back and forth mm-hmm. with you, but on the other side of this, you know, closet, I have to like try to sell the show and I hate that part.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> All these like skills that you you take on when you're your own uh, business, I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if there's anything that you've learned over the past couple of years, like through the experience of this, that surprised you or that you felt was a good lesson that you can take forward or share with us.
1: Yeah, I think that it is really important. Sorry. Oh, I'm going to try to not get too emotional.
0: It's okay.
1: But it's okay to ask questions. You will find people who want to share what they know about something, whatever industry that you're in. And in turn, being able to be that person to answer questions if someone is interested in what you're doing, I think that that's really important. That mentorship and menteeship relationship is just beautiful and it's wonderful. Um, I think it's really important for expanding the industry, getting new people into the industry you know, it doesn't help anyone if we're holding information back. If someone's really interested in in what you're doing, then, you know, just giving them the opportunity to ask you questions. I think that's great. And if you are someone who's interested in something, I just would recommend asking. Also one of the do as I say, not as I do. um, But if something's scary to go for it. uh, Because I still get really scared to do things. And I am very fortunate to have a support system to kind of nudge me to be like, I know that's scary, but just try it. And slowly but surely, it's been getting more comfortable, feeling more comfortable. And, and I think that's that's a good thing.
0: I agree. Uh, you're, you're essentially a link in the chain. You know, you have learned mm-hmm. from someone else and you're passing that on. along the way. Is there anything that we didn't cover today about Cozy Canine um, that you'd like people to know? And what comes next? Is there going to be a Cozy Canine shop where we can bring our dogs in the future? (gasps) You know, where do you see this going?
1: Oh, I would love that. One day. (laughs) (laughs) For this year, we are looking forward to doing more uh, pop-up events this in san diego and working with our animal rescue partners oh i did forget to plug and let you know who our animal rescue partners are so you can find all this information on the website under the donations tab but we have san diego humane society helen woodward animal center which is where we we got reese from uh the animal pad and passion for Pities. And those are our four main rescue partners. Um, We have different bags where we donate a dollar per bag to those animal rescues. For example, our dark roast goes to Helen Woodward. Um, So it's Muddy Paws Dark Roast goes to Helen Woodward. Who's a Good Pup House Blend goes to San Diego Humane Society, which is what I'm drinking right now. And then the animal pad we have our sidekick single origin is we donate a dollar per bag there. And then we're working on one for passion for pities, which is going to release the end of February. And, and we're really excited uh, to, to get to work with them and, and attend their different events.
0: Well, and I'm excited to uh, attend some of these events, too, and live uh, vicariously through you and and through (laughs) dog owners uh, who let me play with their dogs.
1: (laughs) I would highly recommend, if you're listening to this and you don't drink coffee or someone in your family doesn't drink coffee, still come out to these events if you like dogs because they're dog people are just the best. (laughs) I love it. Um, (laughs) People are usually, you know, if you ask them, "Can I vet your dog?" and they'll they'll be honest with you, yes or no. And it's just a good time. It's just such a a great serotonin boost to be around all of these pups. It's it's hard not to smile and be happy when you're around dogs. So,
0: <laughs> well, Carolyn, I'm smiling just thinking about the potential of future uh, interactions with these <laughs> dogs. So, uh, yes. it's working already. That serotonin boost is on its way. <laughs> I want to say thank you for joining the show and sharing a little bit of your story. I think it, it's it been, it's quite lovely to hear that there are people who are doing things even when they're afraid. I think that's an important message for people um, that it, it's okay to, to be scared. It's, it's a big undertaking to, to take on a new challenge. And so I want to congratulate you on that and, and just say, I appreciate what you're doing. And I'm looking forward to trying some of that coffee.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was a really great experience. Again, another thing that's kind of scary to do. (laughs) But I'm I'm really, I'm really grateful that you reached out and that we did this.
0: Uh, me too. Uh, and you did great. No problem. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Okay. To recap, and let's get this out of the way first... Cozy Canine Coffee is for humans, not dogs. Carolyn had a very positive coffee experience with her grandpa at a very young age, where a splash of decaf with milk and sugar was a reward for getting up early before school. Later in life, craft beer became her gateway to craft coffee. That I can relate to. My appreciation for and my career in craft beer gave me a functional understanding of the language used in coffee. Things like tasting notes, mouthfeel, and the idea that there are a multitude of flavors in a single beverage, not to mention variants of style and even those flavors. I also love the idea from today's show that a coffee one doesn't like may still inspire a reaction or emotion. For Carolyn, it was a Kenya undrip from Hart in Portland that set her in front of the rabbit hole. It was the question, why does it taste like this, that sent her tumbling down. Entrepreneurs can benefit from having a varied career path, because they collect skills, like graphic design or managing employees, or setting up a website that they can use in the creation of their own thing later on. I took a few lessons from today's show. First, don't be a gatekeeper. Carolyn's coffee mentors Bartleby and Tessie have inspired her to pursue this path, and to pay it forward. In doing so, she has faced, and continues to face, some scary challenges. Lesson number two, it's okay to be afraid, and to still do the thing. It's never too early to start something that you're passionate about. And besides, what's the worst that can happen? Finally, Carolyn and her coffee company are working with animal rescues to create long-term partnerships. You can find those links on roastwestcoast.com. You can also follow Carolyn at Cozy Canine Coffee on Instagram. And just as importantly, follow Reese the Dog at Reese.PeanutButterCup. Reese is spelled R-H-Y-S. If you're interested in ordering some coffee or seeing what animal rescue partnerships or events are in the works, head to CozyCanineCoffee.com. I'll include those links in this show's podcast notes and in the Roast West Coast Coffee podcast newsletter. You're subscribed to that newsletter, right? At RoastWestCoast.com. If you're in the early stages of your coffee journey, that is also where you're going to find the brand new Coffee Smarter Education podcast. We're definitely not being gatekeepers. If you want to improve your at-home coffee brewing skills, or appreciate your going out to the cafe experience, you'll want to be listening to the Coffee Smarter podcast. Find it on roastwestcoast.com or search for Coffee Smarter on your favorite podcasting platform like Apple or Spotify. And if you have a second, please rate this and that show. Rating really does help us get these podcasts out to more people. I'm told it's an algorithm thing. This podcast is supported by some great coffee industry partners. They are Café La Terre, Camp Coffee Company, Coffee Cycle Roasting, Ignite Coffee Company, I had a great espresso there this morning, Morea Coffee, First Light Whiskey, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Ascend Coffee Roasters, Moster Coffee Company, and Steady State Roasting Company. I actually stopped by Steady State earlier this week to pick up some V60 Cone Filters, and peek into the space where they're expanding next door in Carlsbad Village. And finally, for today's show, the most important thing I want to say is thank you. This show doesn't exist without you. If you weren't listening, there'd be no reason to keep putting in the hours in the ever-evolving podcast closet. To you out there, everyone, everywhere, around the world, thank you for listening and supporting this show. You're the best. This episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast Is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this episode has found you happy, healthy, and with at least a thread of sanity left, enabling you to make it through another day. Always tip your baristas, and be sure to drink good coffee. This podcast is a listener and reader-supported creative effort. Some of our amazing readers and listeners have chosen paid subscriptions to the Roast West Coast Coffee Newsletter on roastwestcoast.com. They are part of a growing community of people who appreciate craft coffee, learning about coffee, and being inspired by the guests on this show. If you are able, and this show has been going well, with your morning mug of your favorite coffee, please subscribe to the paid newsletter, at roastwestcoast.com. Thanks for listening, thanks for subscribing, and thanks for drinking good coffee.